Jesus' name. Yes, Lord Jesus, we just pray for Maureen, Lord, this morning. We pray that you would bless her and encourage her, Lord. Help her as she speaks, Lord. Give her a calm mm. mind and a calm heart, Lord God. Mm. And Lord Jesus, we pray that uh, yeah, your words would come out of her mouth, Lord. Mm. And that you would touch our hearts and our minds. Mm. Thank you, yeah, Jesus. Come, Lord. Thank mm. you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Mm, thank you, Bob. Oh, I've got a really heavy cold and a an very annoying cough, so I've come prepared with cough sweets and water. <laughs> wow, this week's news has not been good, has it? Parliament seems to be in a real mess. All those people killed in Christchurch, New Zealand. Barry and I lived for three and a half years in New Zealand and have very many good friends there still. So we found that very difficult. But the answer is we need Jesus. We need Jesus to raise up men of God in Parliament and to bring salvation to this country and to New Zealand. Um, could we have the first PowerPoint, please, Paul? These verses have always intrigued me and worried me a little bit. Mark 16:15 says, "Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation." Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe in my name will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And then in Matthew, Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Are we living in these things today? I think we have to be honest and say no. So I've been thinking the last few months about why why are we not entering into these things? You know, we owe, we owe the world an opportunity to experience the power of God and therefore to an invitation to salvation. Many of the old-time revivalists in the 40s and 50s saw such power of God. They saw demons released. They saw the dead raised again. They saw people healed and thousands of salvations. You know, I've been reading about Charles Finney, John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, Maria Woodward Etta, and Amy Semple McPherson. Incredible things, but we need to see it today. And it is happening today. If you read about Mahash Chevda, he has brought people back to life and much healing. If you read about Heidi Baker, who's a missionary in Mozambique, incredible things happen 
with Heidi and Roland Baker. They run an orphanage, and when a baby dies, she sits rocking and nursing the baby all day because she says love is the answer. And she prays for that baby all day until it comes back to life again. Now, I have to say, I don't have that sort of love. Much of what I'm going to talk about this morning is what I am aspiring to. It's certainly not where I am. So I wanted to look at Moses in Exodus. God has been showing me that we need the fire of the Holy Spirit. It's only the fire of God that is going to change things. Moses, um, sorry, Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jephro, the priest of Midian. Notice that Moses was just about his everyday work. He wasn't doing anything special, he was just working. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame, in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, he called out to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And even after meeting God, Moses just felt totally inadequate. And he said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And yet notice that God had prepared Moses. He'd grown up in Pharaoh's palace, so he knew the ways of royalty. So God said to him, I'll help you. What is that in your hand? And Moses said, it's a stick. God said, cast it to the ground, and it became a serpent. And then God said, put your hand in your cloak. And Moses took it out, and it was white with leprosy. God said, put it back, and it was healed. And God said to him, if you take water from the Nile, it will become blood. But still Moses kept arguing. He said, I haven't got the words. I I, I just don't know. I'm not very good with language. And God said, but your brother Aaron is good. 
got many words. Take Aaron with you. So God gave Moses all that he needed for the job that God had in store for him. And after this experience, Moses was changed and he had a new intimacy with God. In Exodus 33, we read that Moses took a tent and pitched it outside the camp far off. And in this tent, Moses would go to be alone with the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him face to face. So this was the secret, the Lord speaking to him face to face. And then, of course, the Lord performed the wonderful Red Sea crossing and he led the people of Israel out by a fire at night, a pillar of fire every night. And fire broke out several times in the Bible. I was reading the other day that Solomon and David prepared temples for, for God to worship and they put on the temples their, their offerings and fire came from heaven and burnt up the offering. Now I want to look at Elijah because he too experienced fire. Eli uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 22. <clears throat> this is just an amazing story. Elijah was surrounded by idolatrous priests who were worshipping Baal. And there hadn't been any water on the land for years so they were suffering great drought and lack of food. And then in verse 22, it says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood. But put no fire to it, and I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you will call on the name of your God and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given them and they prepared it and call upon the, called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice. No one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing or he is relieving himself. Or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud, 
and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two seers of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God of Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. That's an amazing story, isn't it? Elijah was so brave, but he wanted the people to know who God was. It's interesting that um, the prophets of Baal cut themselves until blood ran. Blood is a sign of new life. You think of babies being born, there's blood involved. And you think of our salvation. There was blood involved in Jesus' death for us. Blood is a sign of new life and birth. Elijah wanted the people to know God. And God's fire came so that they knew. And we need the fire of God in our lives if the world is going to be changed. We need the fire of God to perform miracles, not in our name, but in the name of Jesus so that the world can see that Jesus is alive today and that he changes lives. As I said, this is what Barry and I are aspiring to. It's not where we are. So please don't think that. I just want to encourage you on the road that we're on. At our last house, we had a neighbour who wasn't very friendly, um, but one day we were out and... 
she was coming out of her house and we said, how are you? And she said, I'm in terrible pain. My first husband threw me down the stairs and I have such pain with my spine that the physiotherapist says I will be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. So Barry said to her, can we pray? We will pray in the name of Jesus. And she said, fine. And we put our hands on this lady and we prayed for God to heal her. And she came round to our house a week later and said she'd been to the hospital and the physiotherapist said, what have you done? You are so much better. What has happened? I can't believe this. Now, I wish I could tell you that lady had become a Christian, but she didn't. But we moved out in faith where we were and salvation is up to God. We need to be ready to do these things for God. But we come back to it. Do you believe God can do miracles today? Because that's the crunch line, isn't it? Have you heard God's voice? You see, Moses and Elijah heard God's voice. And we need to hear God's voice if we're going to tell people about Jesus. I don't know about you, but I feel very inadequate. I feel I don't have the words. I'm very bad at starting conversations. Usually Barry starts a conversation with someone and then I catch up with him. And we work well together in that way. Moses felt totally inadequate, but God gave him all that he needed. And if we really are sold out to Jesus, God will give us all that we need. But we need to be utterly sold out to Jesus. He needs to be central in our lives. We need to trust him for everything. Moses walked towards the burning bush. He pursued God. Elijah challenged the people. How long will you waver between two opinions? He trusted God that he was going to bring fire. And again, there was fire at Pentecost, wasn't there? Tongues of fire came on those uneducated men and filled them with the Holy Spirit and gave them great boldness. And thousands were saved, and that was the beginning of the New Testament church. And a few chapters on in Acts, it says, they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. This is the result of the fire of the Holy Spirit in those early disciples. But we need to be utterly sold out for God. Now when we're utterly sold out for God, we all know that problems come. Moses then had many problems and the children of Israel said, oh, what did you take us out of Egypt for? We could eat cucumbers there. Stupid. Elijah 
was threatened, Jezebel said, I'll kill that man. And he ran away and hid in a cave. So problems come. But that's not the point, is it? We need Jesus central in our life. So how are we going to enter into these things? Paul, could I have the next PowerPoint, please? This is a verse that's been resonating with me for some time. The Apostle Paul said, I did not come to you with wise words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And that's what our world needs today. A demonstration of the Spirit's power. And there's only one way we're going to enter into these things. And that's by a deeper intimacy with God. We were praying just before I started about going deeper into God. We need to hear God's voice. We need to hear his voice of whisper. Do you remember in the new year, Carrie brought us a prophecy that said we must listen for God's small, still voice. And I come back to that. That's what we need to do. Because it's only as we hear God's still, small voice and we are filled with the Holy Spirit that we're going to be able to present Jesus to the world. And this requires time. And that's what we were hearing about this morning, weren't we? We need time. We need to set aside time. And it requires trust. So we need to come into God's presence, trusting him for all things. You know, in your marriage, you know the importance of spending time talking together. You remember when your children were little and they were throwing a temper tantrum and I can remember putting my hands on the girl's shoulders and saying, calm down, calm down. Look in my eyes and they stand their feet and I'd say, no, look in my eyes, I want to talk to you. Now this behavior really isn't on, what's the matter? And we need to come into Jesus' presence like that. We need to come in and say, Jesus, I want to look in your eyes. I need you, Lord. This is not superficial and it's not distant. It's at a deep level. We need to come into Jesus' presence in awe and in wonder. Moses learned this over time. And when he used to go out to his little tent to speak to God, he came out and his face was shining. It was shining so much because he'd met God that he had to put a cloth over it. You know, God is loving us so much. He is longing for us to come into his presence. To come into his presence and to know him. To come into his presence and worship in our daily times. To come into his presence and adore him. He's longing for us to desire to be with him like that. And love has to be our motivation. It's not knowledge. 
you know, you can say, well, I'm going to read so many chapters a day and I'm going to get through the whole Bible. But knowledge puffs us up. It's not knowledge. It's love. It's coming in to God's presence in awe and wonder. And I believe we came into God's presence this morning. It was lovely. But we need to do it daily. It's about intimacy. We need to read our Bible because the, the Bible is, is Jesus in print. And there are helps to read our Bible if you struggle. And it's not easy. But um, HTB does a very good daily Bible reading. And um, Desiring God by John Piper, they do an excellent one. Or why not work through one of the... Um, one of the Gospels, a few verses at a time, but the idea is to read just a little bit until God speaks to you and then meditate on that, not to race on ahead. Praying in tongues is a great advantage. The Bible says that it is given to us to build us up. And it's made an incredible difference in my life. But again, I need to do it regularly. I need to set time aside. I do it when I have my shower in the morning. Others do it while they're driving. It was interesting that recently the Archbishop of Canterbury, um, when he was interviewed, shared that he uses praying in tongues in his morning devotions each day. And some of the newspapers picked it up. And there was quite a bit of controversy about it. Many years ago, I expect most of you read Jackie Pullinger's book, Chasing the Dragon. Jackie Pullinger worked in the city of Hong Kong, where there were many, many drug addicts. And hundreds came to the Lord and were saved, and the whole city was changed. And her helpers on meeting the drug addicts prayed for salvation for them. And then they prayed immediately that they would receive the gift of tongues because it is so powerful. And they would pray with them like this for four hours. And they found that within a few days, these new converts started to prophesy. And there was one man who couldn't read and yet, he quoted half of Philippians, and yet he couldn't read. So God had sovereignly given it to him. It's all about coming into God's presence. If you struggle uh, to concentrate, keep a journal, write down the verses that God gives you and keep meditating on them and go back to them throughout the day and claim those verses for yourself. Writing things down is a great way of helping our memory. Particularly when our children were little, I remember at one point, the Holy Spirit was moving very powerfully in the church and our leaders encouraged us to get up at six o'clock every morning and spend time with God. Um, 
And Barry used to go in the lounge and I used to go in the kitchen and sit on a stool and pray. And I have to say, I usually fell asleep. And I think that's fairly common, really. The answer is, pray out loud. The answer is, read scripture out loud. And then, be still and listen for God's voice. I want to read you a story that um, is in a book by a chap called Tommy Tenney in his book, God's Favourite House. And this is what he says. When my youngest daughter was six years old, I came home and she climbed up in my lap. I was tired and was reading the paper, but she was determined to get my attention. She reached up with those chubby little six-year-old fingers and grabbed my face. At that time, she still had a little bit of a childish lisp. And she turned my face away from the distraction and said, Look at me, Daddy. Look at me. Then she just smothered me in kisses and I gave her a big hug before trying to go back to my paper. Sounds like Martha and Mary, doesn't it, really? Once again, she grabbed my face and said, Look at me, Daddy, until she finally got my attention. After 15 minutes of kissing and incredible cuddling from my six-year-old, she melted my heart. Children usually want something when they begin to act like that, so I gave her a big hug and asked her, what do you want? Nothing. I just want you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. Three times I asked her, and each time she said, nothing, Daddy. I just want you. Finally, I said, come on, get in the van. We drove into town and I said, what do you want, baby girl? Once again, she said, nothing, Daddy. I just want you. We pulled up in front of a toy store and her eyes lit up. By that time, my heart was so melted that I wanted to give her whatever she wanted. I'd have given her half the toy shop. Okay, baby girl, just tell me which half of the store you want. Do you know what she got? A little bottle of soap bubbles with the round wand that you blow through to make floating bubbles. She just wanted me. Our Heavenly Father wants us. He wants our attention. He wants us to come with our hearts open to him. He wants us to say, I want to hear you, God. I want you to speak to me. I can go nowhere without you. Don't be afraid to say, God, I need you. I'm desperate. I need you. And this is not just when things are tough. It's all the time. We need God every day of our lives. And we need to come in to his presence and adore him. And we need to come in and listen to his voice speaking to us. In James it says, draw, me, draw near to me, sorry, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We have to find ways that work for each one of us, <coughs> times that work for each one of us. Sometimes life gets very busy. 
But this has to be a priority. Where can we go without you, Lord? And we need to have such a hunger that it overcomes our fear of failure, like with Moses. Yes, we might not be good with words. Yes, we might be shaking and fearful. But we need the desire of love for God in our lives. Hunger before failure. I want to ask you some questions. Do you want to, whoops, do you want to be consumed by God so that your face shines, so that you go into the world and you talk to your neighbours? Are you prepared to lay down your unbelief? You know, when we read those verses about God raising the dead and releasing demons and healing the sick, it's scary stuff. But if Jesus did it then, and he's still doing it today, he will do it. We have to lay down our unbelief. But in order for this, are you prepared to wait in God's presence? Are you prepared to pray the price? If you want more of God in your life, I ask you to stand so that we can pray together. I've asked the elders to come and pray with me because I think this is an important time. John, are you going to come? Father, you have seen us stand and say that we want more of you in our lives. Father, we need that fire of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do this by ourselves. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come now. I ask you to come and fill us with you. And Father, we are committing ourselves to come and spend more time with you because we want to hear your still, small voice. We want to come and snuggle into you and know you as our Father. Father, we come and we ask that this week might be different for us, that we might know you in a new, intimate way, face to face. Oh, Father, come, I pray. Amen. you find difficult, do come and ask the elders to pray with you because there might be things that need to be broken in your life. So come. Lay down fear and come. Amen.